0: Welcome to this short podcast episode, my name is Neve Gary, I work with UCC Green Campus and I'm a PhD student in the School of Law. In this short episode I'm going to give you an overview of the international climate change regime and then we're going to explore some of Ireland's climate change laws. So the international climate change regime provides a set of environmental standards, governing rules, decision making procedures and institutions that are enforced all over the world in an attempt to mitigate the effects of climate change. Our international climate change regime is made up of three instruments. The first being the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, or the UNFCCC. So this was the first global framework established to tackle the issue of climate change. Never before had there been an attempt to unify nations from all over the world in a fight against climate change. This convention entered into force in March 1994, and today it has near universal membership. The overarching objective of the UNFCCC was to stabilise greenhouse gas emissions at a level that would prevent dangerous anthropogenic interference with the climate system. So not all countries who signed the convention were obligated to achieve the same goals. The UNFCCC placed the responsibility of reaching emission reduction targets on wealthier countries while providing other nations with financial and technological support to allow sustainable economic development. The Conference of Parties, also known as COP, is the main decision-making body of the UNFCCC, and it is through this body that further policy elaborations and changes are made. Our second instrument of the international climate change regime is the Kyoto Protocol. This is an extension of the UNFCCC and it was adopted by the third COP in 1997. But due to complex ratification issues, the implementation of this protocol was actually delayed until 2005. The function of the Kyoto Protocol was to elaborate on the UNFCCC's aims allowing the evolution of international climate law to combat climate change. The protocol imposed binding emission limitations and targets on all Global North countries, which were to be achieved in a given time frame. There have been many criticisms of the Kyoto Protocol in relation to its inadequate greenhouse gas emissions targets, its failure to include binding targets for our world's largest emitters, and the lack of significant consequences for states who failed to meet their obligations. So a decision was made to move away from the Kyoto Protocol structure in favor of a more flexible, collective approach, and this led to the development of the 2015 Paris Agreement. The Paris Agreement includes the highly specific target of holding the increase in the global average temperature to well below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, and pursuing efforts to limit the temperature increase to 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels. Paris Agreement acknowledges that the obligations of individual countries will evolve alongside their circumstance and economy. Now, each state is required to create and implement nationally determined contributions, NDCs, which act as a national climate action plan unique to each country. NDCs contain national goals for greenhouse gas emission reductions, and countries must achieve their national targets if we want to keep global temperatures below a 1.5 degree global increase. So moving away from the international climate change regime, now I'm going to talk a bit about the Irish environmental law landscape. So environmental law is a vast field ranging from planning and land use, heritage protection, marine, natural resources, human rights and international law. This part of our podcast episode is going to focus on Irish legislation as it's important to understand what obligations the Irish government is bound to honour and achieve, where we're currently succeeding and where we're falling short. So Ireland has a substantial range of environmental legislation. As a member of the European Union, Ireland is obligated to implement and enforce a range of EU legislation and policy. And this is actually something that Ireland has and continues to struggle with. And we have been summoned to the Court of Justice of the EU numerous times for failing to comply with EU regulations. Ireland has even been labelled as a climate laggard, on account of its slow and often inadequate response to delivering on key climate action and emission reduction targets. In response to the climate crisis, the Irish government implemented its first climate-change-related act in 2015, the Climate Action and Low Carbon Development Act. This act was implemented for the purpose of pursuing the transition to a low-carbon, climate-resilient and environmentally sustainable economy, and to establish the Climate Change Advisory Council. The act establishes a national low-carbon transition and mitigation plan, a national climate change adaptation framework, and sectoral adaptation plans made by each Minister of the Government. So the main provisions of the 2015 Act include some of the following. The Minister for the Environment must make a National Mitigation Plan and National Adaptation Framework and submit to the government for approval no less than once every five years. The Minister for the Environment must have regard to EU and international law, the need to achieve the objectives of the National Adaptation Framework at the least cost to the national economy, the need to promote sustainable development, relevant research, scientific and technical advice, and any recommendations from the Climate Change Advisory Council. The Minister for the Environment must also present an annual sectoral mitigation transition statement to each house of the Oireachtas, which provides an overview of mitigation adaptation policy, a record of greenhouse gas emissions, projected emissions, and a report of Ireland's compliance with EU and international law. So I just mentioned the Climate Change Advisory Council. The Climate Change Advisory Council is an independent body that provides science-based advice to the Irish government and policymakers in relation to how Ireland can transition to a low-carbon economy and become climate resilient and environmentally sustainable by 2050. This advisory council must publish annual reviews and reports in line with the 2015 Act, which evaluate the progress made on a national level towards reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the previous year and compliance with EU and international legislation. So following on from our 2015 Act, in July 2021, the government enacted an amendment to the 2015 Act. So a legal amendment is a formal or official change made to a law or rule. And this 2021 amendment provides for the approval of plans by the government in relation to climate change for the purpose of pursuing the transition to a climate resilient, biodiversity rich and climate neutral economy by no later than the end of 2050. So this amendment means that Ireland is legally bound to reach net zero emissions no later than 2050 and achieve a 51% reduction in emissions by 2030. This act also provides that local authorities shall prepare and make a climate action plan and this plan must include mitigation and adaptation measures that are being adopted by the local authority. The amendment also strengthened the role of the Climate Advisory Council and states that government actions must be consistent with the UNFCCC Paris Agreement, and any EU mitigation or adaptation commitments. So that's the end of our first podcast episode as part of the UCC Carbon Literacy Training. So I hope you enjoyed this overview of international and national law, and best of luck with the rest of the course.